Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. Hey, thank you, team, for leading us again today, man. I just love our, our music team and, and just what they, uh, what they bring to the table. Why don't you all just show your appreciation to them just one more time. Thank you all. Hey, you know what? We have a great sound team back in the back making it all happen. Dave and his crew back there and all of you folks back there. Hey, thank you all, too, man. You all are a great part of the team. Love you all, man. You know, if you are joining us by way of uh, our online, and uh, man, maybe you're listening to us by way of the radio, uh, but all of you here in this morning, can we just pray together once again and place our dependence upon the Lord? Would you, would you pray with me? Lord, today I pray that you would teach us. I pray today, oh God, that you would awaken us to the things of your kingdom. Pray, Lord, where we don't understand what you're doing or how you're working, that you would enlighten our hearts. Lord, I'm asking you today that where we maybe know, you would speak yet again with fresh power, with fresh strength. God, we are sorely, solely dependent upon you to speak. Like your servant Samuel, speak, Lord, for we are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, man, I missed you last Sunday. I really did. I know Jacob really knocked it out of the park. I love him. I love what God's doing through him. But man, could you do this with me? I feel like the energy in the room is really not equivalent to where I'm at right now. I feel like I'm amped, and I feel like you're struggling a little bit. So I'm going to try to get you jazzed up. Why don't you turn to somebody beside you and just say, hey, man, I'm happy to see you. I'm glad you're here. Just try it. Just, just see what it feels like. You can lie. I'll give you permission. You can lie. Um, Micah, you shouldn't have any problems with that, saying that to the person beside you. Uh, man, you are happy to see her. You hadn't seen her in a couple of days. She's been busy. Uh, man, I'm happy to see you. I'm glad that you guys are here. So here, here's what we're going to try. We're going to try something new today, all right? Are y'all ready? Are, are you ready for today? Okay, so here's what, what I'm thinking, man. And we ought to try about a new tradition here. I'm going to say, are you ready? And you're going to say, bring it. Is that, is that good? All right, we're just going to try that, okay? Are you ready? Bring it. Oh, wow, y'all impressed me. I, mean, I might bring about three quarters with that, all right? I mean, anybody going to bring the whole thing with that? Uh, man, do you want the Lord to really do a work in your heart today? That's what you're saying when you say, bring it. Or God, speak to me. Or God, do something cool. So, so are you ready? Bring it. Yeah, man, that, that's what I'm talking about right there. So he's the only guy in the room that's really going to get anything out of this. Thanks, Josh. We'll talk about that. Hey, man, you know what? Man, I, I need to hear it, guys. Uh, I was thinking about what to preach to you because we've been in the book of 1 Corinthians, and we'll continue to go there. But man, I want to start the new year out on a little different note. Usually when you talk about the new year, you talk about goals and, and, and ways to help accomplish some of those or things to think about or things to remember in the new year. But I really wanted to look at this from a different angle. Because, listen, uh, I really pray for you as a church. I really do. And God shows me things about you that you may not even know. I don't know if you believe that or not, but I do. And here's what I really, really believe. I believe you're hurting. I believe a lot of us are just walking through some stuff, man. I believe we're just dealing with hard things. Hard things in our families. Our things in our jobs, hard decisions that we've had to make. COVID has, has really still messing with us. We've lost some important people. We've had some decisions that we've made that have caused consequences that we just really didn't know were going to be that bad. And so, man, I just wanted you to know that I wanted us to kind of think about how do we handle hard or impossible things? Here's what, here's what I know about 2023. For some of us in this room, it's going to be a hard year. For some of us in this room, we're going to deal with some impossible things in 2023, good or bad. Not everything that's hard is bad. Amen? Would you agree with that? Yeah. I think the impossible things and hard things in life are inescapable. 
I think you just got to live long enough, but you're going to go through some hard stuff. Do I have anybody in the room today who just be willing to volunteer? Hey, man, I've been through some hard stuff already. Anybody in the room? Just want to make sure I'm speaking. I see some people with two hands up. That, that, you count twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hard things and impossible things are going to come to us all, so how do you handle... Let me, let me throw out this word, okay? How do you handle suffering? How do you handle that? Let's talk about this. I mean, how do you handle when things don't go your way? I'll be honest with you guys. The year 2022, I was begging God on my face every day for God to do something a certain way, and he never answered me. And I'm still devastated over it. What do you do, man, when God doesn't do what you want him to do? How do you walk through that, right? You think about this, man. I mean, just, just one area of life. I mean, think about inflation. How's that going for you? I mean, inflation's really causing us all to deal with some hard realities, right, about finances. I mean, it's, it's hurting me. I don't know if it's hurting you. Is it hurting y'all? Anybody feeling financial pressure because of this inflation stuff? I mean, I was just talking with somebody just this week, and they were saying, hey, man, I used to buy groceries for this amount, but now it's this amount. Anybody feel that? Wow. <laughs> man, I was talking to somebody else just this week, and they were like, hey, dude, man, did you know that interest rates are going crazy? And we're trying to build a house, and, man, we're wanting to get man, the pressures of all that. So it's like, God, why, why now, when we're fixing to do this, is the economy going crazy? Why couldn't it have been a couple of years ago when it was good? And these are just real questions. I do not mean this to be callous in any way. I mean this from a statement of, of a place in my heart of compassion. But some of you have been through a divorce, and man, is it super painful. And you're like, man, God, that was not what I wanted to happen. But can I tell you, if you've ever been through a divorce, I want you to know you're home here. I want you to know that we would never want you to walk through that alone. And if you ever feel judged here because of that, man, let me know who the people are that are judging you because I need to have a talk with them. This is a place of grace, man. This has got to be that place, man, because we all get it jacked up, right? Anybody here not made a mistake? And some here, listen, I know we have some of our own body that, that are this way, but there may be others that have never spoken it. But there are people listening on the internet. There are people listening all, all over the world to these messages. So I'm not just trying to be callous, but some people are dealing with infertility. And they're wondering if God is ever going to answer their prayers. So some of us in the room have been diagnosed with cancer. Others of us are dealing with Parkinson's issues that are just devastating us. Others of us are wondering, man, I'm sick, and I've been battling this thing. Is Jesus ever going to heal me? I mean, do I just have to keep suffering like this? Does my loved one just have to keep suffering day after day? I mean, is there any help? Is there any hope? Some of us have lost loved ones, and we're still just broken over that. Others are, are going to grieve the loss of a loved one in this coming year, and the inevitable question is going to come, God, why didn't you heal my loved one. Why does LaGrange have to lose young kids dealing with, with blood disorders and leukemia? I mean, why, why do we have to lose these, these precious teenagers that even take their own lives? I mean, why didn't God intervene and, and stop them? And These are the real questions that we're all dealing with. And how do we handle hard or impossible things going into the new year? probably something you would never hear on a typical New Year's message. I'm just telling you. But I live in the world of reality where I don't really reach my goals. That's just where I'm at. I mean, my New Year's resolution is already busted. <laughs> I need a New Year's revolution, not a New Year's resolution. Um, so all that, if you'll just stay with me today, that brings us to a man called Jairus. And in your Bibles, we're going to do this a little differently today, but, but just go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We're going to begin reading in verse 40, okay? So, so if you've got a copy of God's Word, just, just break that bad boy out. If you don't, there should be one in the seats there under the chairs. 
Thankfully, if that isn't you, there's, it's going to be also up here on the screen. But there's something powerful about when you bring a hard copy of God's Word and you can look and feel and smell and touch it here, okay? But we're not going to stand as we normally do. I'm just going to have you stay seated for a minute because I'm going to walk you through this in a different way. But in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, we meet this man, and his name is Jairus. And so we're going to read verse 40 and 42 real quick. The Bible says this, And as Jesus returned, the people welcomed him, for for they had all been waiting for him. There came a man named Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue, really important dude. And he fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him. Not just pray, not, not just kind of like talk to him. He began to plead with him and implore him, beg him to come to his house. Well, why, Jairus? Why, why are you doing this? Well, verse 42, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old. I've got one of those. I feel you, Jairus. Okay. What does the text tell us, church? She was What? I think that would take you to Jesus. I think that would probably bring you to beg God to plead with him. But as he, as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. Jairus has this 12-year-old precious little girl, probably the, 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 the apple of his eye. I mean, this is his only daughter, and she's 12. There's something incredibly just awesome about that 12 years of age. They're starting to deform, and, and lots of things are changing in their bodies, and they're discovering new things, and they're, they're getting out of that childlike phase and really becoming these, these precious people, and that their beauty is just going crazy. And think about how, how his heart was breaking to know that she's dying. Now, interject something here. We come to, we meet another issue, a woman who's been bleeding for a very long time. Look in your Bibles in chapter 8, verse 43. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for how many years, church? Do you notice there's something going on here? There's a 12-year-old girl, and now there's a 12-year-old suffering here. And she's been hemorrhaging for 12 years and could not be healed by, by who? By, by anyone. So, so now she's desperate too, right? Can you imagine? Well, some of you have, but, but 12 years of bleeding for, for a female is, is incredibly challenging in that day. It meant a lot of things for her. It meant she couldn't go to a lot of different places. She would have been even kept out of worship services because of this. She couldn't be around people because of all the, the law. I mean, this woman has been ostracized, and she's, nobody can help her. And, and came up behind him, verse 44, and touched the fringe of his cloak, meaning Jesus's, and immediately what happened, church? I mean, immediately. <laughs> Not down the road, but immediately, 12 years of bleeding stopped. Now, you just think about this. 12 years of life is too young for anybody to die, and probably 12 years of suffering is really too long for anyone to suffer. Then verse 45, and Jesus says, who is the one who touched me? And while they were denying it, Peter said, Master, I mean, come on. People are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, somebody did touch me. For I was aware aware that power had gone out of me. You see, when you're the supernatural and you've created the natural, you notice when power goes out from you. And here's the first thing that I want you to hear today. First thing I want you to kind of get in your heart. I want you to just kind of write this in deeply inside of your soul. And that's this. Jesus is the supernatural source of healing. I mean, do you hear that? Let that resonate in your soul because we're going to build on this. Jesus, Jesus is the source of supernatural healing. But let's just keep going, okay? So verse 47, so when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. 
I mean, the woman had been suffering for 12 years. Nobody else could help. She was so desperate, she tried to sneak up on Jesus. And as a result, just touching the hem of his garment, she was supernaturally healed. And listen, she then comes at his feet and says, listen, I was healed. That's awesome. Can you imagine the party they had for her? Wow, man, I mean, this this girl's 12 years and she's healed just like that. That is a crazy, spontaneous worship service right there. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, have you ever experienced Jesus' healing? I'm going to tell you, man, I have, and I can just tell you, it's, it's powerful, amen. Have you ever seen somebody healed? You ever heard of somebody healed? I'm just telling you, that, that's awesome stuff. I mean, it's, it's great, right? Amen. Wouldn't you love to see somebody healed? What if, what if somebody in our, our, our body right now who's just dealing with something was just spontaneously healed? Do y'all think y'all have reacted the same way you just did to me when I told you she was healed? Or would you go crazy? You'd be like, yeah, wow, right? So let's try that. She was just healed instantly. What are we going to do? Yeah, praise God. Woohoo! Don't let the scripture just go by you like that. Luke 8, 48, and he said to her daughter, ooh, those are some precious words. It's interesting that he calls her daughter because somebody else has just brought their daughter. Do you think Jesus might be saying something? Daughter, your, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. Those are some beautiful words, aren't they? Jesus has just done an amazing work of healing and grace. But you see, the story doesn't end there, does it? Verse 49, while he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official, Jairus, saying, your daughter has died, so don't trouble, don't trouble the teacher anymore. We go from this high moment of, of this woman being healed to the horror of death. And if you're me, I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking like Jairus maybe. I mean, you're, you're, you're kidding me. I mean, this woman gets healed and I lose? I mean, what kind of God is this? I mean, my daughter is dead, and this woman, she just had a blood issue. I mean, Jesus, if you're going to do something, you should have done it for the children. I mean, his daughter is dead, and they're just all like this. You know, Jairus, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. She's dead. Just let it go. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Listen, sometimes, sometimes we are that person Sometimes other people are, and Jesus could have helped you, but now it seems like it's impossible. I mean, Jesus could have stepped in and healed you or, or healed your loved one, but now it's just too late. It's too far gone. It's hopeless, so just don't bother Jesus anymore. And that, that prayer for healing and, and raising people from the dead, that's just too big. I mean, and all the time, all the time you can imagine people around him are breathing fear into his heart and to his life because they think that what's before them is just too big for Jesus. I mean, Jesus could have healed, but now he can't. I mean, it's just too late, right? I mean, Jesus has the power to heal disease. We just saw it. But death... He can't touch that, so, so don't, don't bother him anymore. I mean, what, what are we thinking? How, how do we get there? Jesus can't heal death. How do, we, how do we get there? So Jesus interrupts in verse 50. When Jesus heard this, he answered him, don't, don't be afraid any longer. Only believe, and she will be made well. Here's something I want you to hear. Please don't let somebody else's fear undo your faith. Can I, can I just say that again for the people in the back? <laughs> don't let other people's fear undo your faith. I mean, Jesus says this morning to you, 
No matter what you're going in, no matter what you're dealing with, it's not too hard, it's not too difficult. You just believe because Jesus is saying, my intention is to heal. That is my heart. Read the rest of the story with me. Verse 51 through 56, when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter him with him except Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. And they're all weeping and lamenting for her, but he said, stop, stop weeping, for she has not died, but is asleep. And they would do what we would do. They began laughing at him, knowing that she had died. <laughs> Jesus, what are you talking about? But then Jesus takes her by the hand and says, child, arise. And her spirit returned. And she got up. When? Immediately. And then it's like, you're probably hungry. And he gave orders for something to be given to her to eat. Her parents were amazed. I think that's an overstatement or an understatement. And he instructed them, watch this, to tell no one what happened. Do you think they obeyed that? There's just humor in the Bible everywhere you turn, right? It's just, it's just funny. Remember what we said? The first point we made, that Jesus is the supernatural source of healing. Do you remember that? You... you Please hear me, you've got to get this in your heart for what's coming in the rest of this message. You've got to understand and know that Jesus is the supernatural source of healing. It's what I know about Jesus. I've seen people healed. You've seen people healed, right? You've at least read about it. I mean, as I was preparing this message, I had a pastor friend telling me about a girl in his church who needed surgery on her lung because she had lung cancer, and it was just consuming her lung. She went to the doctor for some follow-up visits, and they told her, you're going to have to get chemo for this. And she just wrestled with it. And she said, if I'm going to believe, I'm going to go to Jesus and I'm going to go to his word and I'm going to get rid of my fear because I have to replace my fear with faith. And so she got her entire church to pray over her. And she was going on the way to get her first chemo treatment. And she decided that she didn't think she should. Many weeks later, she went back to the doctor for a scan to see how the chemo was going. And the doctor came in, and he said to her, he said, hey, listen, little girl, I don't know what to tell you, but, but man, there's no cancer in your lung. The chemo must be really working. And she said, I'm not doing chemo. And he said, well, I don't really know what to tell you. Well, I know what to tell him. Jesus is the supernatural source of healing, Amen. That's what that is. Jesus still does that, right? Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. So, so listen, right now, can, can we just do this? Can, can you just go before that? We're just going to totally change the way we do things here. But can you just go before the Lord right now in your own way, and can you just thank him right now that Jesus has the power to heal and remove our fear about the things that we're worried about? Can we just do that right now? Would you just go and connect with it? You've just heard this. But I want you to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Go now and exercise your faith. God, whatever it is, you have the power to heal, and I praise you for that. And please cast out my fear. Would you do that right now? Just pray right now. Just pray. God, we thank you so much that you're a great big God. Oh, King Jesus, there's nothing too hard, difficult for you. We just give you praise. You hold all the power of the universe. You're so omnipotent. All power belongs to you. There's nothing too difficult for you, oh God. Not death, not disease, nor death, nor the devil, God. You've got it all under control. We just praise you, oh God. And today, if there are people in this room who are just encapsulated by fear and worry and anxiety over what's coming their way or what they're dealing with today, Lord, would you just speak to them? Don't be afraid. Just remind them that you are the supernatural source of healing, oh God. Would you do it now in Jesus' name? 
Amen. So here's the deal, right? I know that God heals, and many of you might not have kept up with this, but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you as I'm standing here, my calf muscle was torn, and I needed surgery, but I'm telling you, God healed my calf muscle. I'm telling you, God healed me. You might not believe that, but I'm telling you, he did. God healed me. I've seen God heal. I, I've been in prayer services as a pastor of a church where people would come down and say, Pastor, pray for me. I've got this going on. And we would lay hands and we would take some anointing go like this and we would just pray over them and God would heal them right then and there. I've seen it happen. God still heals. Amen. And we can just stop the message right here. You've probably been blessed already. At least I hope so. We can stop there. But you see, that's that's not the other side, though, right? See, what about when God says, not now, not yet? Because I think that's where most of us live. Is when God says, not now, and not yet. <laughs> I mean, what about when God doesn't heal your long-term disease? What about when you have to bury your young son or daughter? What about when God doesn't intervene and prevent that suicide? What about when God doesn't stop your loved one from dying or that car from killing your best friend? What, what then? And I'm not trying to be callous, but can we go here just for a minute? Y'all okay if we go here? We're going to go somewhere hard for a minute. Is that okay? But to get there, I'm going to use some humor. So I'm going to lighten the, the mood for a minute. It's a, it's a speaking device that I'm going to do because I'm just reading the room. I think you need to laugh for a second. When, when I started here, Justin and I were meeting with some people in the old building. And we were in a room that there were some tables and we had some peanuts on the tables for refreshments. And I told everyone that we went to visit an older person, and we were very busy, and we didn't get dinner. And the lady we went to visit, her name was Miss Johnson, she started eating these peanuts. And so I started eating the peanuts because I was incredibly hungry. Justin's more mannered than I am, and, and so he didn't eat the peanuts, and so I ate all the peanuts. <laughs> and Justin, in his awesome nature, he turned to Miss Johnson, he said, I'm so sorry, Miss Johnson, that Pastor Steve ate all your peanuts. Uh, we both didn't get dinner. The next time we come, I'll bring you some more. And she said, hey, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Ever since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck off the chocolate before people get here. <laughs> so at this gathering we're at, when I'm, I'm here at the church, I turned to everybody and I said, hey, guys, the peanuts are compliments of Miss Johnson. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can I just tell you that never happened? Justin knows that never happened. And here's what just happened. Now Justin and I are going to forever have to defend that lie. That's just what happens. I'm teasing. Now, we're going to have to tell everybody over and over about this, that it's a fib, it's a made-up story, it's a lie. We're just going to have to keep defending it. And listen, I want you to know something. Listen, listen carefully. People tell lies about Jesus all the time. And the church then is left to defend those lies. I mean, the church gets stuck defending lies about Jesus, his ability to heal, and what it means for him to heal, and what it means for him not to heal. It's like this. We get stuck in what's called infomercial faith. I mean, it's late, right? It's late, and you're flipping through the channels, and there it is. It's that infomercial, and it's like this. I mean, this is how it speaks to me. It's like, would you like a wand that would take the, the, the place of your pressure washer? Yeah, man, I am kind of interested. Are you tired of hooking up your pressure washer? Yeah, man, I'm tired of hooking that thing up. Are you tired of all the work it takes to use your pressure washer? You got me. Do you want something better than the nozzle on your pressure washer? Sign me up. I'm in. Yes, yes, yes. So I buy it, and it comes, and the only thing it blows away are chunks, right? It just blows chunks, man. I mean, you need this, you want this, and you have to have this, so you order it, and it comes, and it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't do jack, right? So, I mean, what are we thinking, right? I mean, is anybody willing to go with me and say, you bought from an infomercial too? Anybody? Thank you. The four or five honest people in the room. 
Can I just tell you what infomercials are as a rule? Just as a rule. There's something that overpromise and underdeliver. Now go with me. See, I think we get stuck in infomercial faith, and that is this. We say just enough about Jesus to overpromise, and then when people come to him, he underdelivers, and then they walk away from their faith. We have to have some more honest conversations about Jesus and his power to heal. So, so if my theology of suffering and healing can fit into a tweet or just into a sentence, then, then it's going to be very shallow and also shy of the truth. This is a very deep and wide subject, and so it must be engaged with the faith and belief of a child, but not with childish thinking. So very quickly, let me just give you a few things that you should know about the New Testament and the theology that also we have to keep in mind with those stories. Because the stories don't end there. Jesus doesn't always heal your disease, and Jesus doesn't always raise your dead child. In the New Testament, we know this, that Jesus is the healer. When Jesus walked on earth, it was God in the flesh, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, when Jesus did heal someone, they were really healed. Every time, and it was profound. It demonstrated that he was the Messiah from God, and it also demonstrated the compassion that God has for us in the sin-soaked, saturated, disease, infatuated world. Jesus really does heal. Secondly, listen, this might be news for you, but you have to know this. Every person who was healed by Jesus was only healed temporarily. You might not have ever thought about this, but every person that Jesus healed got sick and died. Nobody, nobody lives a suffering-free life, friends. That's not what Jesus promised. Those people that Jesus supernaturally healed still got physically sick and died. Lazarus, he still died. These people we talked about here today, Jairus' daughter still eventually got sick and died. The woman with easier blood, she still got sick and died. Pay attention to me here, please. Pay attention to me. Healing on earth is never permanent. It's very temporary. What that leads me to tell you today is is that Jesus' plan for healing has never been for physical healing on this earth. We can be healed, but with Jesus, it's always been more about your spiritual healing. It's It's not in the heart of God that we suffer But we will suffer in this sinful world while we live here. And it is often the desire to relieve and heal us from our Father, yes. But he's never promised us that that's what he's going to do. He's promised us eternal healing in heaven, which is the ultimate healing. Don't have an infomercial faith and let somebody overpromise Jesus to you. And then when you suffer, you say that he's underdelivered. Somebody has sold you something on late night theology TV. That is not what Jesus has promised. The healing that he ultimately promised is that we would be in heaven where there would be no more death, sorrow, tears, pain, disease. And so now he invites you, yes, can he heal? And does he still want to heal temporarily? Yes, he does. And he invites you to come. But then thirdly, Paul prayed for healing. And in one area, God said, listen, he said, not now, not yet. If you will remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the thorn in the flesh, apparently his experience with God was this, God, I, this is hurting me so bad. This is so painful. I, I want out of this. I want relief. Please heal me, God. Please take this thorn away from me. But God said, not now, Paul, and not yet. But you have to know that God does intend to heal Paul. It might be three months. It might be three years. Or most likely, it was an eternity. And Jesus said, Paul, I promise you that you will be healed, but not now. And not yet, but it is coming. And about this thorn in the flesh, it it says that Paul pleaded with God to be healed. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, it says this, read it there. 
It says, concerning this, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, I pleaded with the Lord how many times? That it might lead me. And this isn't just a casual conversation with God where Paul's like, you know, I mean, I can live with this thing or I can't live with this thing. I mean, I don't really know God. If you want to take it, take it. Now, that ain't what the conversation was. Paul pleaded with God. He implored God. He got down on his knees and begged God, please take this from me. Wasn't this prayer of indifference? So yes, we can come to this compassionate, omnipotent God and plead for healing and believe that, yes, he can heal. But see, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 is most often the answer that we get. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Do you see that? God said, my power, my strength is what? Perfected in what? In weakness. And whose power is it? It's God's power. It's not our power. It's God's power. Paul was in anguish. We don't really know what he was really dealing with. Lots of, uh, lots of things have been out there, but let's not miss the forest for the trees. Paul was dealing with some issues. And when God doesn't give us what we want, when Jesus doesn't grant Paul supernatural healing, he gave Paul something else, and he'll give you something else. He gives you supernatural strength. Please listen, draw close. When God said to Paul, not now, not yet, he didn't say, Paul, then therefore I'm going to leave you alone to suffer. When God told Paul, not now, not yet, he promised he would give him his supernatural power to get through it. It wasn't less of God. It was all of God. And God said, Paul, we're going to walk together on this. I'm not going to have you figure this out in your own strength. I'm going to provide you supernatural strength to do wise, good, holy things, even in the midst of your suffering. Why? Because Jesus is the supernatural source of healing. But there's the second thing that you have to know. Jesus is also the supernatural source of strength. He's the supernatural source of strength. If the divine Father, the compassionate Father, the power of the Holy Spirit says, not now, not yet, you just keep asking for, for healing and relief, for help, but until he does, God promises you that he will supernaturally give you his strength. We've got to have this conversation. We've got to. Young people, listen to me very carefully. Students, elementary, college age, you listen carefully. We have to have this conversation. Because when people pray and God doesn't heal and God doesn't fix it and God doesn't remove the hard or the impossible, we are not left with just nothing. Paul says, I can do all things through God who gives me what? Strength. Paul says, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. And God's strength is what got me through it all. I can do hard things. I can do impossible things through God's strength. So when God says, not now, not yet, God also says, I have something else to give you, and that's my strength. But watch this. Jesus never promised to heal us from suffering, all suffering on the earth, or that we would ever escape it. There's no formula. There's no recipe. He never promised any of us to have a suffering-free life. How can we expect to have a suffering-free life when the Savior we follow never experienced a suffering-free life? Too many of us listen and this is why I want you students to pay attention to me, especially you college-age kids, listen to me. Too many of us have formed a theology that God has failed when we experience difficult things. I mean, sure, let's continue to teach that Jesus heals, but we can't teach an infomercial faith. I wonder if infomercial faith is setting people up to be future atheists. I mean, listen, if I conclude that if Jesus doesn't heal, Jesus isn't real, do you see where that theology takes me? I mean, when Jesus doesn't do what I want, and when Jesus doesn't answer the prayers that I pray, I just walk away from my faith? If you conclude that God has to give you a suffering-free life, or you won't follow him anymore, you are not following the God who created you, you are following the God you created. 
And listen to me, you will always become an atheist of the God you created because the God you created will always let you down. We all eventually become atheists of the God we create. I don't know Ted Turner personally, but I know a little bit of his story. His sister died of lupus, and his father turned on Christianity, and as a result of that, so did Ted Turner. And this may be because somebody concluded that unless Jesus promises us a suffering-free life, we will not follow him. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that there is no suffering-free life. And again, we'll all become atheists of God we create. I wonder if the reason why so many people between the ages of 18 and 25 turn from God because in their childhood, they were taught that Jesus always heals or that Jesus always answers or that when you come to Jesus, it's just going to be all good. I'm just here today to tell you, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer, but I'm just here to try to teach the truth. The truth will set you free. Jesus never promised us a disease-free, an accident-free, a staggering death-free, just morbid loss-free life. That's not what he promised. He promised us an eternity in heaven where that doesn't exist. I mean, think about it. Hear these words. Let them wash over you. Revelation chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Remember, Revelation chapter 3. Verses three through five, remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Then if you are not alert, I will come like a thief and you will not know what hour I come to you. That's not what this says, is it? Keep going. Keep going. Next slide. The next slide. Okay. Communication breakdown. This is good. This is why we bring our Bibles to church. Revelation chapter 3, the Bible says this, man. The Bible says that when we get into heaven, there will be what? No more pain, no more sorrow, and no more death. And there's that famous passage we all love, and Jesus will do what with every tear? He'll wipe it away from our eyes. You know that in heaven, there is no more death. Did you know that in heaven there's no more sorrow, there's no more sickness, there's no more disease, there's no more enemy to battle? And that's what Jesus came to promise. Do you know that the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it tells us that we don't grieve as the world who don't have hope, but we grieve as those who what? Have hope. So I'm just curious right now, this isn't the, this isn't the invitation, although you might wish it was. But I just want to right now in this moment, could we just have anybody and anybody that's dealing with anything hard, if you're suffering, if you're sick, if there's something impossible going on in life, if you have a family member who's going through it, a friend who's going through it, I wonder, could anybody and everybody who's dealing with hard or impossible things just meet me right here at the altar? Just, just come right now because what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to do something in your life. We're going to ask God in faith to come. We're going to believe God right now that he can heal you. And if he doesn't heal you or your loved one, then he will give you supernatural strength to get through it. That's what we're going to do. Thank you for coming. Anybody else wants to come, please come. Because in faith, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to take God at his word. And if God never heals these people, listen to me, these people and the people that you know, one day in heaven, we're going to rejoice. Amen. That's our ultimate healing. But between now and then, what's his promise to us? What's his promise? The only promise he's given is that he would give us supernatural strength and that he would eventually heal. Amen? So if you're a believer out there, or even if you're not, would you just join in with me right now? Let's just lay hands on each other, and let's just beg God to intervene, to remove our fear, to heal us, to heal our families, to heal our friends. Let's just go before God and take him at his word today. Would you join me today? Would you pray? Y'all pray. Just begin to pray right now out loud. Everybody out there, just begin to pray right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, we come to you today in faith like Jairus. Oh, God, we come to you today in faith like that, that woman with the issue of blood. We just want to touch the hem of your garment. God, if it would be in your power and your goodness today to bring healing to these who are hurting, God, would you do it instantly, supernaturally? Cry out to you, God, today, believing that you rose from the dead. You can do all things. But, oh, God, if that is not your will, 
Would your grace be sufficient? Would you install supernatural faith in their hearts? Would you cast out all fear and anxiety and worry? Would you give them the peace that passes all understanding? Would it set a guard over their heart and their mind in the Lord Jesus? Lord, we trust you and we thank you that you've really given us a promise that heaven is our ultimate home and you will wipe it all away. In the twinkling of an eye, we will get a new body. In the twinkling of an eye, we will see those that we've lost. In the twinkling of an eye, God, you will make it all better. And our hearts long for that day. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Minister to the pain that these bear. I offer them to you, God, today. Pray that you'd speak precious words to their heart. And we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seat again. Hey, anybody need this stuff today? Anybody need a word like this today? Well, I asked you if you were ready, and you said bring it, so I'm trying. See, sometimes Jesus says, not now, not yet. What do you do, man? If you need healing, you do like those people did. You just come in full faith and, and ask Jesus to heal you. And if by his design, he says, not now, not yet, just know he's going to give you strength, supernatural strength. And I think we underestimate supernatural strength to do wise, smart, healthy, holy things. John Maxwell once said that everything worthwhile is uphill. <laughs> you know, many of you don't know my story. I've given hints to it. Many of you don't know my wife's story. We've given allusions to it. But can I just tell you, man, that I, that I was raised in a situation that's not the best. My wife was raised in a situation that's not the best. And you may look at us and say, man, you guys are just smart, healthy, and just, man, just holy people. And you just might think that, man, we just figured this out on our own. But can I tell you, but for the grace and strength of God, we would never be in this position Many times you know the truth of God, but you don't have the power to live it. I mean, you know, you know this. You know that spending wisely will help you be healthy financially, but you don't have the strength to live that way, so you end up broke. Many of us know that pornography will destroy our marriage and other parts of our life, but we don't have the strength to avoid it. Many of us know that selfishness destroys a marriage and self, selflessness builds a marriage, but we don't have the strength to die to ourselves and, and put our spouses first, right? And many of us know that our kids need us to be holy spiritual leaders, but we don't have the strength of character to stand up and, and be healthy for them and not just these emotional children. We know that real people, real Christians keep their word, but we don't have the strength to, to, to keep our words. And we know that our life and our families are going to suffer. Many people know this, the truth, but we lack the, the power to live it. So here's what I'm saying, folks. Let's, not, let's just stop asking for the strength to endure. And let's ask God for the strength to go uphill and do some hard and impossible things. Because that's the kind of strength that's supernatural strength. I wonder if you guys who are going to play and sing would come. See, if God says, not now, not yet, he's going to give you strength. And you may be here this morning saying, you know what, I'm going downhill, and I'm doing stupid things, and I'm just adding to my suffering, and I'm just adding to my heart. Pastor, I need to go uphill. And can I tell you today that unless you believe on the Lord Jesus, uphill is impossible for you. You can't do this life on your own. You need a Savior. 
It's like Jacob talked about, that there has to come a point in place in your life, man, where you realize that you've separated yourself from God by your own sin. You don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a relationship with the things of God, and listen, as a result of that, the Bible says that you and I deserve death, and you're dead spiritually already today. There's no connection with God. And when you die, and you will die, you have to spend eternity separated from God. But listen, that, that is not where the story ends. That's just to get you there. The good news, I mean, the, the good news of the gospel, what we believe, what, what the, the, the awesomeness of God is, is that he didn't leave us there. That he sent his son to, to die in our place, to, to, to suffer the wrath of God, to suffer in our place, to become that wage of death for us. Jesus suffered the wrath of God for us because God didn't want us to be separated from him. The Bible says, man, if you realize that you're a sinner and that you need him to forgive you and you, you turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus and believe that he died and was buried and raised again, that he would give you that forgiveness. He would come in and make you spiritually alive and then give you the strength to go uphill. No pun intended, but listen to me. Without Jesus, it's all headed downhill forever. I want you to know that love. This Jesus who wants to heal, this Jesus who wants to make it all right in heaven is standing here knocking on the door of your heart through the power of his Holy Spirit saying, would you please come to me today? Let me heal you. Let me help you. Maybe the fact of the matter is that you've turned away from God or that you're angry with God, or that you're bitter with God because he said, not now, not yet. My prayer all week has been that for you, you would see that God has not abandoned you. He's just waiting for you to come. To come home. And to experience his strength. I promise you he'll make it right one day. Would you stand? I'll pray. There'll be others to receive you down here. Whatever you need to talk about, give your life to Christ. Pray for healing and hope. Whatever it may be, you come, and then we'll, we'll do some other things here. Let me pray. Father, please speak your heart. Please minister to the hurting today. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.